Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, who don't hear Yanni and Laurel so much as they just hear cries to sign John Tavares. Sign John Tavares. Sign John Tavares. I would like to welcome Las Vegas to the esteemed club of hockey fandom. They're officially hockey fans in Vegas. And you know why, Craig? Yeah, why? I'm intrigued. Because they booed their MVP, their best goaltender, perhaps the best goaltender in the NHL throughout the playoffs, and demanded his backup. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that would uh I guess I will put them in the uh the allegiance of being true NHL fans now. Or Philly fans. That that feels like a Philly fan thing to do. Mm, 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 mm. That <laughs> is that is definitely look, it's definitely a Philly fan thing, but I feel like that's definitely a hockey oh. fan thing to be oh, yeah, impatient no, no. and be just completely unforgiving to your best player in his uh time of weakness. Yeah. That's uh Actually, that is the that's the response though. Is everybody does it, but it will just be Philly fans that do it, evidently. So that's true. You know, yeah. only Philly fans have ever thrown anything at the ice. They've only Philly fans have ever thrown garbage at the ice. Only Philly fans have thrown their useless wristbands that they've gotten in the wake of a just horrific loss to an opposing team. Yeah, you know, actually, speaking of that, who was doing that? I think Boston was doing that earlier when they were losing to the Lightning, I want to say. Sounds I think it was right. Boston, sure. Yeah. That, I'm just assuming Boston has the worst fans. I mean, <laughs> I they're, the... they're giant assholes, that's for sure. I mean, we're yeah, giant it's... assholves, but they're giant assholes, too. Take, you know, yeah, takes one to know one. Yeah. And I think it's annoying, too, because the Celtics are doing really well this year, even though they don't have, uh, like, Kyrie or Gordon Hayward. You know, I thought they would kind of, like, suck and not have annoying fans, but whatever. Whatever. Boston sucks. Uh, Penguin, well, Penguins fans haven't really done anything. They didn't really do anything down this postseason. Yeah, even when they they're, lost to the Cavs, they're, they... they're fat and happy after you know two straight championships. Yeah, that is true. I thought there was going to be some kind of like impractical, like crybaby stuff after because uh, Nets off one. There'd be like beer bottles on the ice, but they didn't do anything. Guess that just proves that uh, they don't care. So that's, I guess, what, that's what it comes down to. Apathetic fans over there in yeah. Pittsburgh. It's it is known. <laughs> it is known. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm glad. Real quick, I I just wanted to mention. I'm glad I thought of that that wristband because the other day, M turns to me and she goes, "What's this weird wristband over here?" I'm like, oh, <laughs> that would be our light up wristband to make the crowd look magical for the uh for game three of the playoffs against the Penguins. I probably should have tossed it on the ice. 
Oh, game three? Yeah, that would have been a game that... Actually, you know what? Any of the home any, games... Were... Any one of them. They yeah. were all miserable experiences. And uh, it does not work currently. I'm not sure what to do with it. Oh, it is going to be trash. I think you should go to the Wells Fargo Center right now and chuck it on the ice. <laughs> Just during the, like some random concert. I don't know. Somebody, some dumb band will be coming this summer like... Go to some Matchbox 20 concert and just throw it on the... <laughs> Ralph Thomas is like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why you're throwing stuff at me. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Rob Thomas, because you're so... Su- what is this? What's this wristband? You could you could light the wristlet, uh, bracelet on fire and throw it on the stage, and then he would look at it and go, man, it's a hot one. Oh! Oh, no! Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, no! Swish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well God. guys thanks for listening if you have any comments uh craig is sports are bad i'm fly this is good night and good this, hockey. this is june this is june fly purple this is our biggest topic right now is going to be the phantoms and then like golden knights playoff hockey so and they'll we, watch I mean, they'll watch until the, the, uh, the knights are out so we we've we got the rails when there's things to talk about i i don't this is gonna be i don't know feel it's like all it's downhill gonna, yeah it's gonna be a loopy episode I do have, uh, you know, we got the the playoffs though. I I I just give up on trying to understand what's going on. I thought I thought the Jets were going to smoke the Golden Knights. I thought I thought the Lightning were just going to roll over the Caps. And the Caps, I I guess I, I threw it out the possibility last week that it would have been like a psychological thing where they just kind of like they have nothing holding them back now and they're just going to just roll through the rest of the postseason. And I I guess that. That once happened, because the first two games they looked unstoppable. Yeah, they looked a little more like human last night, but the first two games were just obnoxious. Just <laughs> like scoring just, at will, basically against the Lightning. Like that was the thing is, Lightning are maybe the best team left. Killed them, like destroyed them at five on five last night. The game last night. Did you catch the game last night? I caught some of the game last night. So, of like the six goals, uh, there's an empty net goal, and then the Braden point goal was kind of gross. But the other four goals were just, like, goalies didn't stand a chance. Like, the first three lightning goals, no, nobody was stopping those shots. Nope. And then the Connolly one was a ridiculous play, too. So, that was just, I mean, I'm kind of biased because the lightning won, but it's a good game. Some good, some good playoff hockey there going on. You are possibly uh, the strongest anti-Washington fan I, well, certainly the strongest anti-Washington fan I know, but maybe the strongest anti-Washington fan in the entire area. You know, I like I get like I get the story and like I'm rooting like in a way I, I'm not rooting for the Caps. Well, but let me make Caps, it clear. Yeah. I'm not saying this as a criticism of you. I'm saying it right, more right. as an, an observation uh, due yeah. to your time spent down in the Washington area. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, like I. Even if they do win, I think I'm still going to be happy for, you know, I'm going to be happy because Ovechkin actually did it. And, you know, I'll be happy for the one or two actual cast fans. And there's one. And we've been over that from Mike. is the only one I've actually known that's like like the Capitals forever. Like, does he have well, a teal Caps jersey, like a Jim Carrey jersey? I think he actually does have one. I don't know if he has that one. but he Peter does have Bondra? Some. Yeah, probably, he probably has a Peter Bondra one, honestly. Maybe in uh maybe in notes one, maybe um like one of those like way Yeah, like way back. Um but yeah, and like it would be a great story if they finally like overcome it. It's just 
man, I can't. But I don't want to hear Ravens fans be happy about stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's we we don't need any of that. So like I don't want the Eagles Super Bowl to be sandwiched between back to back Pens cups and a and a calf Stanley Cup. What a time to be alive. What a, what a weirdly unique time to be alive. Yeah, just just teams that I have extreme emotions about just winning titles. So I'm kind of hoping for like a Jets Lightning final because I just don't care and it's just good hockey. Oh, yeah. That's great That'd hockey right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then like, like the Golden Knights I would never understand. I, I don't understand what it is about this team. They just eat, eat both the Golden Knights and the Caps each series. I thought... Like this has got to be it for them, especially this one. I was I thought this was going to be it for the Golden Knights, but it looks like they're gonna they're gonna put up a fight. By the way, we're we're recording before the start of Game Three, so we're we're about to start watching it right now. And so uh, we'll go through our customary. Craig is about a full hour ahead of Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll say something. I'll react to something, and then near the end of the episode, Steve will Steve will chime in with his uh, thoughts and opinions on things. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I just hoping that the lightning, I, I'm having they won last night too, because, you know, three, one is not ideal, but it's also not unrealistic for them to overcome that. But they lost last night. It, it doesn't matter how close the game, how last, how close last night's game would have been. The series is over already. Like there's no way they, there's no way they come back from that. But they look, maybe, looked, maybe. Uh, you know, the flyers kind of broke that stigma, but. Yeah, but like the Flyers games were like, I don't know. The Flyers games were at least like close. Like the Fly, like the Flyers ones, they lost the first one in overtime. Second one was a broken play, and Milan Lucic scored with like what two minutes left. And then the the third game was probably the least competitive, competitive. one. I guess. There you go. But yeah, but they, yeah. Wish I mean, also sandwiches <laughs> being totally adorable. Is what we are, but like you know, you can never forecast ever coming an O three deficit. I think the I think the King Kings and Sharks one was close too. I know the Sharks won one of those games in overtime, but yeah, I, hockey is definitely weird when it comes to that. Like basketball, there's no chance. I feel like there's no chance for a team. Nope. Although the Sixers, man, Sixers gave away like four of those games in that series. That could have been one where if they went down three, I mean they did go down three zero, but they could have. I feel like they could have come back and wouldn't have been that surprising. So but. right now I'm watching the the Knights opening and what it's an elaborate thing. little banner thing they did. It, it's I yeah, it's I I don't they do it for every home game too, I guess. Which is I mean, you got to give it to Vegas. They're living up to the reputation of the city as far as intros go. This stuff is elaborate yeah. and ridiculous. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they, the Flyers do it next year. They just have some guy with a big Flyer logo come out and just like sumo wrestle somebody, like sumo wrestle like UP or something when they play the Canadians. I feel like I think, Vegas has about 20 mascots at this point too. So let's let's get a couple in there. Their actual mascot. I was going to say that earlier. They they showed their actual mascot and I forgot how terrifying it is. It, it I can't even explain it. It's just like a. I don't know how they thought, you know, this is going to be something that the kids like, because it, I mean, it's it's for the it, kids. Yeah, it's intimidating. As shit. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on right now. So the, the Jets guy. So they have two knights come out and the, of course, <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knight wins. And then the Jets knight 
flies off into the rafters upon losing. Yeah, this is a... I feel like I'm describing this to a blind person right now. Yeah, they're, they're, everybody that's listening probably knows exactly what's happening, but it's they're, they're going to enjoy the, uh, the recreation of it tomorrow. I am... I, I, this is just bizarre to me. <laughs> you know what else is bizarre? Winning a game in five overtimes. Wow, that look at that Phantoms transit. You're trying yeah. to transition away from the Phantoms, but right now there is a cartoon jet out there, yeah, know, and he's facing down the night. I will talk <laughs> no. about the Phantoms and the game we were talking about during last week's show momentarily, <laughs> but I need. I am too fascinated by this. The jet has taken off and split into two upon hitting the night. Why? What is going on? I got no idea. Have you gotten to the guy drumming yet, too? I've seen the guys drumming before, which is intense. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... it's... I want a whole Flyers, like, Game of Thrones-type opening next year. (laughs) Just Claudra comes down the ice and jams a sword in the center ice and just yells. (laughs) Not my captain anymore. Just as a 300 thing. <laughs> this is Philly. There we go. Let, yeah, we'll... Start screaming at people. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, it flyers up your game. That's what we're trying to say in short. Yeah, that's all we're saying. That's if, all you we're know, saying. If you're going to lose playoff series, at least, you know, make the pregame stuff entertaining. I caught up to the, the drummers, least. and they look like they're straight out of Tron. They're uh, magnificent. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, it's a pretty sweet getup. But, you know. Yeah. It's Vegas. It's well, Vegas. You gotta go big when you have the likes of Pierre Edward Belmar coming out. How many points does he? We should do a bell watch. How many points he oh, has? But... We're gonna do a bell watch right now. Yeah, do it. I gotta, I gotta queue up the music though because bell watch is not the same without the proper. I want to say it. I don't think he has a goal. Of course, there's an ad. I don't think he has a goal. I, oh, I'm assuming you, he's you, you gotta wait for. You gotta wait for this. Come on, we gotta do this. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm guessing. I, I, I'm count. You know, I'm feeling. Okay, here we go. Let's find out how many points Pierre Edward Belmar has in the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. Are you ready for it, Craig? Oh, I'm ready. Some people there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lay it on me. He's got zero. Oh, he's got zero. Okay, nice. Yeah, <laughs> All that build up for nothing. <laughs> should have kept. Should have kept. Yeah, what, what, what a loss. What a uh, just forever uh, regret losing Belzy. He was the heart and soul of this team. Him being taken on the expansion draft was probably one of the best moments of the Flyers in the last couple of years, which is upsetting, but I think accurate. It is accurate. It's like that, winning the draft lottery, uh, and then the wins in the playoffs this year. Okay, all right. Wait, we got to get this part. <laughs> I'm always here. Oh, I thought it was done. <laughs> all right, uh, are we going to... Bell, Bell Watch is we... done. He's got zero points. He still sucks. Can we utilize my segue now? Let's utilize your segue and let's talk about the glory of five overtimes and the Phantoms winning the longest game in AHL history. Yes, and it was almost. uh, So Alex 
Korshelnetsky uh, signed, or not signed, he scored the game winner 648 into the fifth overtime. Keith Primo scored 12-1 into the fifth overtime against Pittsburgh. So he was he was pushing up on the longest game. Uh, they were pushing up on the longest game in the NHL or the AHL, which would have been really pretty ridiculous. Uh, but he had 2-1 to one win. Alex Lyon had 94 saves, which I think we stopped after, what, the third overtime? We we got off before I the I believe that's overtime. the case, yeah. So by the time we had gotten off, I think Alex Lyon had made more saves in that game, you said, than Brian Elliott. Or or Flyers goal save uh, goalies had saves in the the series against the Penguins, right? Uh, correct, that that. and that was uh, per Dave Isaac. Yeah, so he went on to make ninety four saves, which I'm assuming is the second most behind that Leighton game, which we touched on last week, and he lost. <laughs> so very, I'm very unfortunate for Michael Leighton, but kind of sums up his entire life. So the game lasted six oh six overall, uh, and in the game. I believe uh, Marin and Sanheim were hurt. I, the Sanheim got hurt in the series. I don't think he got hurt in that game. Marin got hurt, I think, in the first period of that game. So they were playing with five D-men, and uh, Philip Myers played 66 minutes, which is pretty pretty ridiculous to play over literally an entire game. I would call that Proveroth-esque. And, yeah, yeah. And he not only did he play 66 minutes, which was the most for any anybody on the, on the team, uh, he had a 48.85 Corsi 4 percentage, which was second behind Mikhail Vorobiev. So not only did he play a ton of time, he also did pretty well in that time. And he was the only fan to have a high danger Corsi 4 percentage that was over 50%. These numbers are courtesy of Brad Keffer, uh, who does all the phantom stuff at Pearl Street Hockey. So thank you, Bradley. Uh, and I think, I think this has brought to light that Phil Myers might be... He should have a chance to make next year's team. Will he? No, because this is this is the Flyers, and uh, everything <laughs> takes a little bit longer, and there's some you know, people in front of him. Craig, we've said this before, but again, I, I must point out, Nolan Patrick made the team rookie year straight away. Yeah. Didn't get held back. And, you know, they could have, especially after how he looked after a few games. Yeah. And uh, Ivan Provorov, obviously amazing, but they gave him a shot, and... He kicked ass. So if he has a good camp, I think there's a very real yeah. chance of Myers sticking around. I I hope so. I the thing is, he's a right-handed defenseman, and I just I think I don't know if they're going to be able to move. I don't think they're going to move on from McDonald. Uh, they're not. I don't know if they're going to find a way for Gudis. Uh, and the Manning Manning leaving, I think, just opens up the door for Sandheim full time. So they don't, don't forget about really Johnny gonna... Oduya. Yeah, don't ever forget about Johnny Oduya. <laughs> I forgot he existed, to be honest. <laughs> I like that's gonna be a guy that I I'm just gonna forget. He's gonna be the that's a trivia the, question. Yeah, like the Nick Boynton of seven years from now. Although Nick Boynton even played, didn't Nick Boynton play like a handful of games? Like he still played more, way more than jo- Johnny Oduya played for like 11 minutes, got hurt, and got burned for a goal. That is. That's got to be one of the worst Flyers tenures ever, and that is that's saying something. If you like, just to have that impact for a twelve-minute Flyers career, that's that's pretty impressive. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the the kids do get a chance. I just you know sometimes they get relegated to the AHL. I feel like I, I don't know. I, I hope he makes it. McDonald's it, it the like biggest. Already, McDonald's yeah. the biggest hindrance there, as you said. 
Yeah, because he's already looked. He already looks pretty pretty good in the AHL, and next year would just be him. I guess like continuing to dominate the AHL. I wouldn't mind seeing him. He's a big ass guy. I mean, he's mobile and he's big, and it, it's. You know, I was talking to somebody. I was talking to my friend about the other day. It's kind of funny they went undrafted, but it kind of makes sense. Like he only during his draft year, he played in the QMJHL, which is regarded as the highest offensive junior league among the three in Canada. And he put up eight points in six QMJHL games, which is obviously not a not a lot. And when you look at him now, I mean, he has five points in nine playoff games so far. So he. He almost has as many points as he had that junior season in these playoffs alone. Uh, and, I mean, that just, just goes to say the uh, drafting, or not the drafting, but the uh, scouting department for the Flyers did pretty well. And we were able to find this guy after he went on draft of that season. Because nothing, I mean, nothing really indicated he's going to turn out to be this type of player, but he's another guy the Flyers can add to the blue line. That's why I think, I really am curious. I don't think they're going to go and I don't know if they're going to get anybody in the offseason. I feel like, or on the blue line, I mean, because I feel like they're going to give Sandheim more minutes and they could, if they really want to bring somebody else in, they're going to, they could just call up Myers or Marin. But Marin, same Marin, man. He had, he had a pretty rough year. He, I think Carcini tweeted out a couple hours ago he's going to have surgery on his right knee, which is what he injured in that overtime game. And he's going to miss the rest of the postseason. And I, he just came back from injury, too. Uh, I think he was played in two or three games before that injury occurred. So he's he's just had a rough season with injuries. Although he did see some time with the Flyers, but just overall just not not the uh, luckiest season for Sam Moran. No, definitely Sam Moran. It's a shame, Sam, too, because he's a guy who has been talked about quite a bit as being on yeah. the cusp of being a flyer and to the point now where he's already kind of people are talking about like, well, is he past that point? Has he already, you know, right. not, I don't want to say past his prime, but is he past he, the point of making the team? Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he, I never thought he was going to be what people hyped him out to be. I think that's just because he was a first round pick and the flyers never really, because I mean, he was the beginning of this whole, uh, drafting highly for the blue line thing. I mean, it was Marin and then uh, Hag, Sanheim, Gossespierre, you know, all those guys. I mean, Gossespierre was the first one, but Marin was the first one. Like, received a lot of hype because he was the first round pick. And I, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to be a, I don't see him as like a top four guy in the NHL. I think he could be, he could be a bottom pairing guy, but he is a guy. His biggest argument for next year would be what, uh, what Steph always harps on is uh, he, he's pretty good on the penalty kill. And if you wanted to attempt to improve the penalty kill numbers without, for some reason, firing a lot of the Perry air, and he didn't want to spend money on a free agent, I think he would be the best option, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, who do you think leads the team in scoring during the postseason, Steve? Leads the Phantoms in scoring during the postseason? Yes. Take a wild guess. I did not know that it was this person, but he's ninth in the AHL postseason scoring as well. Uh, let's go with TJ Brennan. No, that's a good guess, uh, but it is Chris Connor. He has four goals and four assists. Sit ninth in the AHL. 
Oscar Lindblom and Danik Martel both have seven points. Mike Vecchioni has six points. And then uh, Myers, that actually does lead the blue line for uh, with five points in the postseason so far. It's great to see Myers having just such a kick-ass postseason. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, uh, by the way, some of those uh, other guys up there, you know, like uh, Vecchioni, uh, he's had a solid little minor league debut season. Yeah, and I, I think an option for next year if Hextall wants to spend absolutely no money, which is going to be kind of infuriating, is uh, maybe Vecchioni's still on the fourth line. Maybe. I feel like Vecchioni has to is, should be in the NHL at some capacity next year. I don't know if he's the tweener option or if he will be on the fourth line, but I feel like he should be. I don't think he should spend the whole season in the AHL next year. I know he's a center, and I know he kind of got screwed over with the whole Flyers winning uh, the draft lottery for Patrick thing, but he he should – I mean, he could easily just play on the wing up here on the fourth line, I think. We'll see. But they have they have options coming out next year. Um, we did talk about Marin, too – or, I mean, uh, Sanheim. We talked about Sanheim. He was also hurt on the last week. He – they thought he was going to have a serious knee injury, and he does have a knee injury, but it's a sprained MCL, so he shouldn't be out too, too long and could actually return at some point in this postseason, uh, which is better than better option than having to sit out the rest of the postseason and get in surgery, which is what people thought may need to happen with him. But he, he's had some he's had some shitty luck this uh, postseason too with injuries, but I guess it's all part of the learning curve that uh, the young guys need to go through. Uh, they beat the Charlotte Checkers five to one in Game Five to win the series four to one, and now they're going to take on the Toronto Marlies. And Good they're going with that math, pal. Yeah, I had to think about it real quick. I was like, the long game was Game Four, right? I had to like think through. Uh, and they do the. It looks like they're doing the two three two series setup. So the first two games are in Toronto on Saturday and Sunday at four. Games three and five will be in Lehigh Valley on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Tough matchup for the Phantoms against Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's got a loaded uh, pipeline, obviously. But uh, yeah, if they could beat the, the Marlies, if they could beat the Marlies in this series, I think it would be. I think we should get pretty excited about the the farm system overall. I mean, we should be pretty happy now because this is the first time the fans have been at this point in a while, and I I think it's got to be the first time they've been this far since they won it all, right? We think. Um, uh, and did we go over this last episode? I the, want to say? Uh, we went over them making the postseason, actually winning in the postseason, but reaching the, uh, the conference final. I'm not sure. I want to say it is the first time they've reached a conference final since, um, they won the Calder cup in 2005. But I mean, the end, we talked about how they are only going to get better next year. All the guys are going to be bringing in next year. And, uh, they beat the Marlies this year. Considering who's going to be on that team, it's going to be a pretty big accomplishment. So, but this is why you draft and develop, get all the guys into winning culture. I mean, you look at the Lightning now, and a lot of the guys that were that are on this Lightning team were on that 2012 team that won like 28 games in a row, I think. Yeah, but and wouldn't you rather have? Teams. Wouldn't you rather have just a bunch of guys who you know you can fit into your fourth line, and that's their peak at any point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should totally do that. We should, uh, we should just trade draft picks for the best players out there, and uh, not worry about drafting or developing. Just kind of go for the win now mentality that totally won the Flyers left the cups between now and 1975. This is the good <laughs> we, stuff right here. This is yeah, what I want to hear. <laughs> we shouldn't switch it up at all. We should just 
keep doing what we're doing, win a playoff series or two, and be happy with that kind of success, but never really reaching the ultimate goal. Hey, Craig, first time, long time. I just want to say <laughs> the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, like Andy Reid. Am I right? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I did like, I forget who, oh, God, somebody brought up in the Slack, but Promet said something about uh, he did like a 2015 redraft this week. I think he put Konechny 15th. And somewhere in the blurb, he put something to the effect of seeing Connect Me as the captain one day in Philadelphia, like way down the road. And I was like, man, I can't wait for that day where Connect Me, who is pretty much loved by most of the fan base right now, just getting absolutely shredded because they don't have depth scoring in like a decade. (laughs) (laughs) He puts up like 10 points in a five game opening round loss. And then everybody's just like, look, I'm not saying we should strip the city from him, but. So I'm 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 ready for the I'm already ready for those takes and that's not even like a realistic option at this point. So actually, Pretty here's different. I've seen the future and here's what it is: Nolan Patrick with the C, Connect Me Ooh. with the A, and the fan base constantly going. I don't see why Connect Me doesn't have the A. He's the heart and soul of this team. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Patrick does Patrick does have the feel of somebody that this fan base would not like as the captain. Like he, uh, like that, he feels like somebody that could easily just pinpoint as like soft. The way I'm no, nodding right now, no you, reason for it. <laughs> do you know that scene in The Departed where Jack Nicholson is very, very literally nodding, like in the, the oh, yeah, very yeah. unsavory way? That's me right now. That's how I'm nodding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can. Oh God, I can already see the hate for Patrick. Like I, man, like the. It's just one of those, like, I remember uh, Gossifer's rookie year, I knew a chunk of his fan base was going to irrationally hate him because he, quote-unquote, didn't play defense. So it's just one of those things. You can see it now, like, the Patrick doesn't go in the corners argument. It doesn't matter he's going to put up, like, 60 points as, like, a 21-year-old player in the league or anything. It's going to be... Doesn't play with enough heart. Yeah, doesn't try hard enough. Professional athlete doesn't try hard enough in a 60-point season. My favorite is they always complain about... They always complain about not showing passion. And Claude Giroux always shows passion. He's a guy who breaks oh, yeah. his stick over the net. He cares so much. Yeah. Not good enough. I just, I, I wish I could go back and track. I wish I could go back and track the number of times this season where Giroux has, for a random keep in the offensive zone, just dove back to the blue line and tried to save a puck. Not not like game, like winding down, down, down by goal situation, like, First period, Puck's about to leave the zone, and a defenseman's trying to clear it, and Drew just lays out and tries to keep it in the zone. I feel like he does that kind of crap all the time, and it just never... It always gets overlooked because the Flyers aren't winning playoff series or something. So, I mean, they said the same kind of crap about Richards, and my favorite argument against that was the Richards' last play as a Flyer was <laughs> they were about to get swept by the Bruins. They're down 4-1 to one in like the last two minutes, and he's diving in the neutral zone trying to block a shot. And all you heard about Richards that sometimes by like idiotic fans was he just didn't care enough. He just wanted the party. So <laughs> fans just love, I think they just love that narrative. If they're winning, it's because they're not trying hard enough. They're the most skilled team in the league, but they just don't want it. It's a problem. You know how it is. You get it. Yeah. You've been around Philly fans long enough. Just a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of the Richards era because uh, I think we've already covered a lot with the Phantoms, uh, but uh, Peter Laviolette and the Nashville Predators 
are no longer in the postseason because we recorded last Wednesday. And uh, the following day, Peck Rene decided to uh, – I mean, technically it played hockey, but it it wasn't good. The technical the, term yeah. the technical term is shit the bed. Yeah, he definitely pooped the sheets. And it was not – I think he – I mean, if you're lobby led, you had to pull him 10 minutes into the game, which is – it sounds obnoxious, but it's game seven, and he led in two of – I think if you had to do power rankings of softest goals in these playoffs, I think those might be one and two. They're definitely up there. But I'm like sure the, something Elliot let in is up there, too. Yeah, now that you say that, there probably is a couple of Elliot ones. <laughs> it's probably number one through five is Elliot, and then Rene's <laughs> uh, six and seven. I'm trying to think of some of Elliot's. Uh, the, Phil Ke- the Phil Kessel one was bad. Uh, and game, well, that was a game four that was just lost. God, I, I can't even think about why, that. Why, why relive awful history when we can dunk on the Predators instead? Yeah, let's dunk on the Predators. For, now, I was you know, I was on board with the, the Preds winning it just because I would love to see the hockey media lose their minds at the thought of P.K. Subban as a champion. Instead, instead, we're already seeing uh, potential trade rumors with P.K. Subban, which, by the way, the, the Preds are not going to be trading Subban. They're definitely no, no, no. not. But... That's not going to stop the rumor mongers from bringing that up. Yeah, there's no reason to trade. No reason to trade anybody. I don't think they're really in the cap crunch for next year. I don't think they're going to be losing. I have to look at them, their numbers again. But I think like the biggest person they might lose is like Alexei Amelin. So they're not. I think the Preds have a pretty good chance of going back to it again. Also, I don't think people understand how good the like the Jets are a pretty damn good team, and. I just don't think people acknowledge that. They're just going to gloss over it. But they... Right, the Jets have one of the best offenses in the NHL. Yeah, it's an insane offense. I mean, one, they're, it's not their top line, but one of their lines is Stasny, Nikolai Ehlers, and Patrick Laine. <laughs> that's one of the best, that's just like, disgusting. One, <laughs> one of the best goal scorers in the league. Uh, maybe one of the f- fastest... Well, one of the fastest players in the league. That's pretty good at zone entries and setting up plays. And then... Uh, Paul Stastny is the third wheel on that line. I think I think that I think they're doing all right with that line. And then uh And listen, yeah, I mean, no the offense. Their defense is pretty good too. I mean, Bufflin's been playing out of his mind this postseason. Oh, Bufflin's been amazing. He's been a brick wall. And yeah. look, here's the thing. No offense to the Predators. I like the Predators a lot. But Chet's Knights is really the Western Conference final. We all want to see the Western Conference final. We all deserve. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I mean, I think I, I view uh, Jets Golden or uh, Jets Predators as the. I feel like since this new playoff format, there's always been the the true I guess like finals series before the final series. Right. Like, like the last how we always years. get Pens Caps in the second round. Right. Like the last couple of years, it's been whoever's winning that Caps Pens series is going to be one of the Stanley Cup. And fortunately, that might is that, be. that a prediction right there? No, no, no. I said the last couple of years. I was going to say, unfortunately. It might be true this year, but I'm hoping it's not. But I feel like whoever won that Jets, uh, Jets Predators one should have been the one, the team that's going to win the Stanley Cup. Which, I mean, it could be, but the the Golden Knights look pretty good right now. Uh, yeah, you've seen it now. The the march is so uh, move on Holly Buck like a minute in. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sweet. I mean, they're looking, and I think it's been whistle plays, but down on the Golden Knights end, or I mean, down at the Jets end, Golden Knights on offense. So. Yeah, the Predators next year. So the Predators are losing these players next year. Uh, Mike Fisher, who has already retired again. Oh, so, no. 
I'm excited to see him come back in February and see what he does. Uh, Scott Hartnell is a free agent. Oh, no. And Alexei Emelin. Oh, they're also losing Anders Limbach. Oh, no. That's... By the way, uh, I don't want to say go out and get him, but Harry Zolnerchuk is also done with his AHL deal. So. Oh, <laughs> baby, Harry Z. That uh... questionably moral... <laughs> I don't think there's any question about no, it. No, there's no question about it. Uh, hard pass good on old, uh, every good old Harry, level. Good old Harry Films is at it again. Harry Z. Harry old, uh, Z. <laughs> Harry Spielberg back at it again. Uh, so Albert Albert uh, Klein, Albert, has thrown out the idea of signing Scott Hartnell to De a... But. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about bringing Scott Hartnell back? Um, entertainment wise, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I, I, I mean, he's he's a solid advanced stats player, right? Advanced stats numbers have been fine recently, and also if you know what you're getting with them, and don't like if he came back and was to play a top six role, I don't think that would be the that wouldn't be about that. But if you right. came in and put him on. Like at the fourth line, at the fourth line, fourth line was like Wheel, Lawton, and Hardnall. I mean, I'm not that actually argue. sounds like a lot of fun. I, yeah, I don't think anybody's staying on their feet, but it sounds like fun. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it'll be a lot of uh, you know, Hardnall fall down enough for everybody, but I think uh, I, I, I can get behind that. You know, I, I can get behind that. Uh, that, that. uh, I would like, I would like the Flyers to sign people though this this off season. As I've said before, bring him home. Yeah, to, to, you know, say it once, say it once, say it again. Uh, JT, if you're listening out there, noted South Jersey, Southeast Pennsylvania uh, admirer John Tavares, bring him home. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't listen to every episode, but I know you listen there. You know, maybe one one out of every three. But come on home, buddy. I mean, we're all waiting for you. He listens enough. Yeah, you can hang out with Mike Trout. Uh, I think Kobe still comes around every once in a while. We'll bring in Will Smith. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Questlove, you know, you always got Questlove. Kevin Hart standing around somewhere yelling, getting yeah, shoved aside. I was going to say, when uh, you help the Flyers reach the Cup final, Kevin Hart will be sitting front row, banging the glass already like 10 shots deep or something. He'll, he'll be entertaining. He'll be worth the uh, price of admission. Kevin Hart will be on the puck. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he'll use the puck as like a, uh, a surfboard and just go around the ice. Exactly. Very small man. He what was he? I watched Get Hard the other week. I think that was the one with Will Ferrell, and uh, he's about to go to jail. I think that's the only Kevin Hart thing I've seen. I know he's funny. I just I don't. I don't know. I just never watch anything with Kevin Hart. Yeah, I, I got nothing on that one. Yeah, it's pretty bad because he's the only comedian from Philly. Big name one recently. Yeah. Not really anybody else. I mean, I'm sure there's others. I'm just not recalling them. Yeah, this like time. Kevin Hart is definitely the, the biggest one right now, I'd say. But uh, yeah, I'm sure but, there's going to be a very obvious one that somebody will tweet at us tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that we. I'm excited forget. for that. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited that. to get dunked on about comedy. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to it. You love uh, a good dunking. I do love a good dunking, whether or not I am providing the dunkage or I, I myself am being dunked on. Much like, like Kevin think... Hart is riding on the puck, uh, you actually are the basketball in this scenario. 
Sometimes when I'm getting dunked on, I'll just stand there, I'll look up, and I'll be like, this is this is great entertainment. This is good stuff. This is what the people want. They just want they just want Vince Carter dunking on some French Jew at the Olympics. That's all they want. Uh, did you see the Tom Wilson-Antoine uh, Strawman situation from last night? I think I have a filter on Tom Wilson, you know, being the victim. Yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, because that was a, I, I mean, Tom, he's brought up by himself. It, it does not matter what hit the hit is. If it happens to Tom Wilson, my immediate reaction is, oh, he's faking it. Like last night's hit, I really don't think was that terrible. I think he sold it. Like his head went into the glass, but I think, I feel like that happens a lot in a game. And I think he, I mean, he obviously sold it. So I, I mean... I don't, I don't really care if it's any bitch to moan about how if, if he had done it, he would have been suspended. And it's well, well you know, there's a reason for that, Tom. Yeah, there's a reason, you know, you go around doing the whole headshot thing. But I, I and like the league's not even looking at the hit either. It's just, they, I think it's just Tom wasn't trying to throw people off uh, their game and it's really not going to work. So I but think like, ultimately everybody was just that thrown off by the fact that uh, Tom was being aggressed against instead of being the aggressor. Yeah. Oh man, God, that was so annoying when he was just laying on the ice. I just, you know, I, and again, you don't know if he actually was hurt or anything, but it's just like, I, I just felt like he was selling it. And it was just, it was just really annoying to watch. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Speaking of goons, my favorite thing I've seen in the playoffs, or at least in this round, was when Ryan Reeves ran into Bufflin and Bufflin didn't move. Yeah, but... The Ryan Reeves, uh, Dustin Bufflin uh, battle is kind of fun to watch. I feel like nobody can really, uh, nobody can fuck with Bufflin. I, I mean, he's throwing two guys around at once this postseason, and he's a gigantic dude. And I think Ryan Reeves is surprisingly close to him in size, or at least like a couple times they've been nose to nose. Ryan Reeves doesn't look like he's giving up that much of a size difference. I guess the big difference between those but guys still, is uh, skill. Yeah, yeah, Dustin Bufflin deserves to be uh, a top-pairing, top-four defenseman in the league, and Ryan Reeves uh, should be on a bus somewhere in the AHL. That's uh, pretty much the biggest... Man, do you remember when a team traded a first-round pick for him this year? I do. They, I, I they, happen to remember that happening. Who and then was they it? did not win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> was it the, they, the Capitals or the, the Islanders, maybe? Yeah, it was the Devils. It was the Devils. Trailer. Oh, the Devils, of the... course. No, 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 no. You know who it was? <laughs> it was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins who won two Stanley Cups, and then they were like, we need to get tougher. And then their fans defended the move, even though it was completely idiotic, uh, yeah. to their very deaths. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, our, sometimes our beat writers, the Flyers beat writers, are obnoxious in terms of putting too much blame on the star players. AKA wanting to uh, publicly execute Claude Drew because they don't want a playoff series. Pittsburgh writers are the other way, and it's insufferable. Where their GM, like Ray Shiro, or uh, not Ray Shiro, um, Jim Rutherford could be like, look, we're going to trade Sidney Crosby for five stale donuts. And they'd be like, look, you know, those donuts hit their prime and they look pretty good in their prime. Maybe they can get back to that. Maybe they can taste pretty good. You Perhaps don't know. If I mean, we stick them in the microwave for 10 seconds. 
Yeah, it can happen. You know, Crosby likes to dive a lot. We don't like that in the city. We're blue collar. You know, it. You just we gotta we gotta see how it plays out. I like what we're doing. I like this Penguins team. I like where they're going. Like, just it doesn't matter what they do. They would just every series. I would love to go back and look at what they predict in every series. I wonder how many Pittsburgh beat writers actually picked the Caps to beat the Penguins this series, or picked like any other other series, like the Predators to beat them, or the Sharks to beat them in the Cup, or. Anything like that. I'm sure it's all been, man. Like I never go on Dijon's site because I, uh, you have self-respect. I graduated high school, yeah, but I imagine it's just like a lot of stuff where it's just them, pretty much just, yeah, servicing. Well, isn't it Dijon that has a a paywall site now? <laughs> I think where so. he doesn't pay his writers and then tells women that they can't write about sports stuff like that. Yeah, things of that nature. And then ask them Crab to get into three ways, that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, God. I'm we in the ballpark, have... right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the type of that's the type of duty is. I feel like that's... Yeah, I feel like uh, that's like the Pittsburgh MLS would just be extremely... Uh, like, well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys in sports are degrading the women, but like Pittsburgh writers seem to be openly... De- like Mark Madden is somebody who just tweets at porn stars and just announces he's going to strip clubs, which I just, it's like, now that you... there is a man. Yeah. I mean, you've seen him, right? Oh, we've all seen him because we've all seen that hilarious picture of the, uh, <laughs> the Pittsburgh wine, sports. Shirt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 The Pittsburgh sports royalty, if you will, <laughs> all hanging out, having a great time, making weird faces. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Did Mark sports. Madden tweet at you once and called you podcast boy, something like that? Yeah, I think it was like two years ago. Uh, and then I made a bunch of fat jokes, which is like, you know, I, I, I you never want to make fun of somebody's weight, but like, I don't consider Mark Madden somebody. I don't really consider him people. So ne- I, next I, time I'll do it because I'm already fat. So yeah, like I thought it was all right. You know, yeah. I'm not like, a, I'm not, a, you know, I'm overweight myself. I'm not really. But, you know, Mark Madden is somebody who clearly, you know, he can't go around, I guess, critiquing people's physical appearance when you look like you look like that, like just a human blob in a wine shirt. I feel like you can't really go around <laughs> telling other people. <laughs> you can't really go around telling other people to you know, like step up their appearance game. So, but, yeah, so the Lightning need to get better at five on five in the series is what we're saying. That's, that <laughs> That's what it comes down way. to. <laughs> it's just. The Lightning need to find ways to score a five and five. They kind of were figuring it out in the last game. I mean, it's pretty much just comes down to if Braden Coburn's fault. Braden Coburn's fault, naturally. Uh, what was it? Uh, well, Kucherov looked a lot better last night. I felt like he had a, I mean, he had the ridiculous power play goal, and then he also had the great setup on the Victor Hedman goal, where he eluded Matt Niskanen, who looked like he was shot out of a cannon, and flew into the boards and missed a check, and then he provided a very nonchalant. Uh, pass into the slot for Victor Hedman that fooled everybody, including uh, Braden Holpe. So I think, I mean, I think they can bounce back. I think, I think if they win game four, they win the series. Because after the first two games, it looked like it was not going to be a contest. So if they go back to Tampa and it's even, I think, I think the Lightning take it. This, this I mean, the Golden, I, I don't know what to say anymore about the Golden Knights. Like, I, uh, we should just chalk them up as Stanley Cup champions. It doesn't matter. It doesn't we matter what the Pats want. Have Subban. 
<laughs> Doesn't we matter what the. Subban. The dude had four shutouts, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. That just I that blew my mind. But again, welcome to the club. Uh, congratulations on being hockey fans. It's miserable, but congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I think he's looked pretty good the last couple of games. Uh, he had that leaky goal last game, but that was pretty much the only uh, the only problem in his game last game. And the Jets, like, I feel like they just aren't getting the, the goal nights just aren't letting them get to the high danger areas. I, I feel like they only had everything was kept to the outside and they just couldn't produce. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like the goal nights have been able to do that the most teams, and they're just fast and kind of just bring it to you the entire game so they don't let up they don't go into the defensive shell like uh, some teams go into uh that we are uh, kind of a certain with. orange and black team that we talk about every week uh, uh, the bottom of Orioles, yeah um but uh i mean okay so steve outside of the playoffs too there's other news across the league this week and craig before you mention this i just want to say Uh-oh. you always have you make the the Google sheet that we share notes on, and I'm looking at the item you're about to talk about, and <laughs> I cracked up when I noticed it a minute ago. Okay, yeah, so I I will say it then, like I put it on the Google sheet because it's still kind of it's still kind of messing with me. But uh, Steve Markall, who at best was the Flyers' eighth, yeah, like eighth defenseman this year, maybe ninth. Okay, so. Mark Hall got a fucking extension this week. Like, so, like Avalanche were like, we need, we don't know what this guy brings to the table, but we're going to give him two years to figure it out. So he got a two-year extension, 725000 per year. Uh, he had, I mean, in his defense, he had a very noticeable, strong output with the Avalanche of zero points and a 50 Corsi 4 percentage in seven games. So it's always when you that see contract that, here. Always that contract yeah. here. <laughs> when you see that kind of production, you're like, yeah, we're, you're definitely coming back here. Uh, and, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's not really the worst decision, but at the same time, I, I don't know why. You're, you're telling me there's not somebody in your system that could uh, provide that much insurance? Like, going, I, I don't know. If I was them, I just would have waited for Johnny Oduya to become available. Yeah, to get lock up those 13 minutes that, that Mark Alt was probably going to play in a game this year and then just, just call it a day. Uh, I did... I did want to, I did want to talk about the trade that brought Mark off to Philadelphia, because I was trying to look this up and I could not find it anywhere. And I told like I think Marcello told me, and I feel like I, I saw the story once and I cannot find it anywhere. But this sounds Mark like Alt, a Marcello special. Okay, so Mark Alt, uh he got traded from the Hurricanes to the Flyers. It was Mark Alt and Brian Boucher for Luke Pyther. Do you remember that name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke Pither, Pyther, whatever it's pronounced. Yeah. The so, Brian Boucher, who's between the glass in this playoff game right now. Yes, and actually played games for the Flyers. Uh, Many games. Yeah, like... And uh, has well, one I'm of the NHL's about, longest shutout streaks. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think if he played after that trade, though. That's what I mean. Like, I, like they traded Mark Ald, who was essentially... Or they well, traded Luke uh, Pither. Mr. Google. Uh, Luke Pither, who was, like, never going to play in the NHL and got a goalie... Like actually got NHL games from a goalie and Mark Alt who actually played in some games too. I mostly know so, the the Luke Pither name from 
like NHL 11, like that kind of <laughs> video game where you occasionally play as the Phantoms or you need an emergency call up and you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Well, like I could not, I'm not going to, there, there is a story that was linked to him. I have to see if I can, I cannot, I cannot find it anywhere and I'm not going to, I don't want to even like say it on the podcast. It's not like a bad thing. It was just like a funny thing that he did. Uh, quick yeah. note, Brian Boucher's last year in the NHL, 2012-13, Philadelphia. Okay, yeah, so he did play some games. Okay. Uh, but um, it was, he didn't play any games for, was it Colorado he got traded to? No, 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 he got, uh, no, he was traded to the Flyers. Uh, it, the, the trade was. Uh, he played Python. four games for the Flyers that year. Yeah, Pyther went to the Hurricanes for Mark Ald and Brian Boucher. It was one of. It was quietly one of Homegrown's like best moves, even though it wasn't the most important, and also happened during one of the most forgettable seasons of Flyers history. But it was still a pretty, pretty decent move at the time. Uh, yeah. So the 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 Python one, I need to look. I'm gonna have to look into that a little bit more. I got to text Marcello because I I think I remember him telling me the story, but I don't want to like just put it out there if it's not true at all, and then. <laughs> And I'm getting like tweeted by some random guy that I think is like in the EIHL now or something. So I'll have to figure that out for, for later on. But that's the Mark Alt story. But yeah, Mark Alt, uh, gonna make six figures to be uh, a seventh defenseman on a, a team with pretty bad possession numbers. So that's, there you go. That's the NHL in 2018, baby. Mark Alt still getting paid. That's I, I thought that was the most interesting thing outside of the fans this week, honestly. Wow. <laughs> they also the Avalanche also signed Mark Barbario again, uh, for two years at I think one point four two five. Yeah, one point four five million each season, which Are you are you serious? That's the second biggest news story in the the non playoff NHL this week? Good God. Well, no, in my opinion, in terms of No, I, I'm I'm trusting your opinion. I'm just saying good yeah. God. <laughs> there, I feel like there's not a. I mean, like I think everybody's just kind of. Uh, well, they're waiting for the playoffs to be over so they can. I th- yeah, I think it's just a lot of stuff now. It's just about the draft, and then also you just don't really know what the. You don't know what the Flyers are going to do this off season. I think it's just a pretty much like it's just a. The feeling is, are the Flyers going to spend money? They're going to make some trades, or are they just going to let the young guys come in and fill out fill in spots? So you, with that in mind, it's just kind of hard to it's kind of hard to really focus on a topic and get opinions on it. You're just kind of jumping around and seeing what they can and can't do. But uh, one thing we could talk about, uh, speaking of drafting and developing, is the Memorial Cup, where a pair of Flyers prospects are still playing and could win it. Uh, the four teams in the Memorial Cup this season will be the Swift Current Broncos, who beat the Everett Silvertips and Carter Hart in the WHL Championship. The Regina, the Regina Pats, I think that's how you say it, uh, and they were the hosts of the Memorial Cup, so they made it regardless of whatever happened to them in their respective league. Uh, then the Hamilton Bull, Bulldogs, which feature uh, Matthew Strom, and a kind of surprising upset of the uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, who uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds finished the season 55-7-6 for 116 points this season. And Hamilton was second in the OHL with 93 points at their 43-18-7 record. So it was an upset. And I mean, 
when the second closest team is still 23 points behind you, I think that's you're a pretty dominant team that year. And uh, but Hamilton found a way, and Strom had Strom had four goals and 14 assists for 18 points, and had 48 shots on goal in 20 games during the OHL postseason. Strom, uh, Morgan Frost had 10 goals, 19 assists for 29 points, and 63 shots on goal in 23 uh, or in uh, 24 games this season, postseason. And uh, Carter Art had a 9.21 save percentage, and was 14 five and three. And then uh, Rufsoff, German Rufsoff in the Acadia Bathurst Titan advanced to the Memorial Cup from the QMJHL. German Rufsoff had five goals, five assists for 10 points, and also had 41 shots on goal in 19 games in the postseason. Uh, well, so he really. The, that's the kind of production you can expect from the germ. The germ. Get it, Frickett. Yeah, he. Yeah, it wasn't really great production. I think he was like 10th on the team in scoring. So I just, I really loved your. Get infected soundbite there. We need to go make... to the doctor. <laughs> One of the things I need to work <laughs> go to the doctor. Just all the worst shout out. Pick up some Dayquil because you get the germ. Get lots of rest. <laughs> Use those six days because you're getting the germ. Get yeah. the tissues with l- 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 lotion. <laughs> Yeah, he, I mean, Rufsoff, I, I I don't know. I've kind of fallen off the Rufsoff bandwagon this season. I uh, didn't put the most amount of points in QMJHL. When I reached out to uh, Jerome Barubi, the, the QMJHL scout earlier this year, it didn't really seem too fond of Rufsoff's game. Uh, Hextall always said that he was the third man high in the zone, so it doesn't really sound like he wants to uh, fight for possession of the puck, which, Philly's going to love. You know, Philly loves guys who don't yeah, fight for Philly, the puck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's one thing for a GM to say, and then I think it's a little different if a scout also just kind of says that he he feels like he's lazy, and all that guy does is watch QMJHL hockey. So, I don't know. I I don't know. We'll, we'll see how he pans out. I mean, it's still plenty of time. We can see how he does in the AHL, too. But, yeah, so those are the four teams remaining in the or four teams that make it to the Memorial Cup now. And uh, Hamilton plays their first game on Friday at 10 p.m. They take on the, the host team, the Pats. And the uh, Katie Bathurst Titan open their Memorial Cup against the Broncos at 4 p.m. on Saturday. So hopefully hopefully one of those two uh, bring it home. Matthew Strom, one of the – a pretty nice surprise after getting drafted and won the later rounds in the 2017 draft. A lot of concerns about skating, but he had a pretty strong season. Hopefully he can become the next Limblom, Stephen, which actually, if you'd like me to, that could bring me to a draft corner. Oh! Uh, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Well, yeah, baby, it's draft time. We'll have to, uh, yeah, we'll have to work on a song for that. <laughs> I, I think we got to work with the butt on this. If you're listening today, the butt... We would uh we we are making a formal request for a Craig's draft corner yes. song. Yeah, it, yes, it, please do what you got to do. We'll expect a two minute masterpiece like you usually pump out for him. So <laughs> we're looking forward to it. Uh, but a so this week I, I wrote about Craig's skaters. watching teens out on the ice all day, baby. All right, all right easy. <laughs> <laughs> that that's all right. 
uh, from a distance. We'll say that. Uh, Greg so... is watching with binoculars from the parking lot. Okay, all right, that makes worse. <laughs> and Craig is really creepy. So Alexander Kovanov, uh, I wrote an article that came out today that was about the players that rose and fell the most in draft rankings between midterm rankings and the final rankings among uh, central scouting. And one of the biggest risers was a QMJHL forward named Alexander Kovanov, who went from being unranked at the midterm rankings to rank 30th, 43rd among North American skaters. So he jumped up 175 spots. He had nine goals and 19 assists for 28 points in 29 games for the Moncton Wildcats this year. He did not play a game until March 23rd because he had hepatitis A. Uh, and Ooh. yeah, but when you watch his highlights, you can you can definitely see the skill is there. And he has uh, amazing hands to create plays in the offensive zone. And once he gets around a couple people in the offensive zone, he does a really good job of setting up people. And I feel like when you watch his highlights, he he's a guy that. Uh, I mean, obviously not to the same degree, but like when Patrick nails a pass and you just don't know how you knew a guy was there. Like, I feel like Kovanov had a couple of those plays in his highlight package where he would just, he would weave the, through the offensive zone and then he would just throw a cross ice pass to somebody on their tape and you had no idea that he actually knew he was there. Uh, I feel like Kovanov had a lot of those plays. And coin the prom in, one of his biggest concerns uh, is his skating. So we have a player that has great vision, uh, considered to have pretty decent I, uh, hockey IQ, and has terrible skating. So I don't want to say the Flyers are going to draft Kovanov in the third round, but I, I would, I might bet some money on it because that just sounds like Limblom and it sounds like Strom, and it sounds like the prototypical Flyers pick in the mid to late <laughs> rounds now of guys they hope pan out. Um. And hey, twenty-eight points. Sports betting's coming to New Jersey, so get oh, on baby. that. Get on. I can't that. wait. I can't wait to lose so many games on bullshit bounces in the NHL. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be very broke in a month. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be more broke in about a month. But uh, yeah, and uh, twenty-eight points in twenty-nine games doesn't sound like a ton, but for perspective, uh, uh, the Wildcats kind of sucked. They were 27, 33, and 8. They finished 14th in an 18-team QMJHL. And he still finished 10th in scoring despite not playing until March 23rd. So he he he, he had a, he had an all right season. Uh, he also, out of 363 QMJHL skaters who played in 29 games this season, he ranked 63rd with 0.52 points per game at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, and also, DraftSite, which does uh, gigantic mock drafts, do they mock out the entire draft they have Kovanov going 93rd with the last pick in the third round uh, two other guys that I wrote about this week I'm going to touch on real quick uh, Jake Wise who um, is a, a forward that went from being unranked in midterm rankings to 38th overall North American ranking uh, skaters ranking so he jumped up 100, 180 spots a couple years ago he was getting touted as the next Jack Eichel and obviously that hype has fallen way off uh, because that's a pretty it's a pretty ridiculous claim to put on somebody when they're, I think he was playing high school hockey at the time, like he was a freshman. Uh, some people have compared him to Travis Konechny now. Uh, and he's a strong strong skater with a great shot. When he watches highlights too, he seems, I, I'm going to use the word confident, not cocky, 
but he seems pretty confident in his capabilities. He has a ridiculous shot. Uh, and in 2013-14, he had a 56-goal, 118-point campaign in 47 games for his team. And this season for the U18 national team, he had 43 points in 38 games. So he's going to be a Boston University Terrier in 2018-19. And draft site has him going a couple picks after Kovanoff at 95. And then the last guy, Steve, that I wanted to bring up, uh, and then we're going to talk about another random flyer here. Uh, Liam Kirk, who's from Rotherham, Great Britain, uh, six foot two, six foot two, one hundred and fifty nine pounds. So I think the first thing, whatever team drafts him, he needs to do is he needs to uh, like eat a couple donuts, or I don't know, he he needs to eat something because one hundred fifty nine pounds of being six foot two is kind of obnoxious, but. Really great puck handler. And you can see that uh, a guy named Puckistic for five for Howling uh, wrote an article about him. I said he was the best, best puck handler you've seen play in Great Britain for any age and anybody, any nationality of anybody who's played over there. So not just British players, but other NHL players and everything that have gone over and played in that system. Uh, if he was to be drafted, he would be the third player that was ever born and trained in Great Britain. And one of those guys was Colin Shields, who was a six-round pick for the Flyers in 2000, who played in precisely zero NHL or AHL games. So it's a pretty solid pick. Really, really panned out. And then the other guy, uh, just because I like saying ridiculous numbers to you, Steve, uh, a guy named Tony Hand. So first of all, great name. The Hand. The Hand. 12th round pick. Uh, Tony, give him a hand. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, 12th round pick in 1986. He's a center who, with the Murrayfield Racers in the BHL in 1986-87. You made them up. You made that team up. That is not I probably a thing. did. Yeah, that's not a thing. But what? The Murrayfield Racers? Listen. Is, are, we still in, are we still in Great Britain here? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I think the, so, yeah. The Merrifield Racers. Let's a look. He played 35 games. I want you to guess how many points he had. Uh, 35 30, games? 35 games. Uh, 36 points. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Why the hell would I bring up if he had 36 points at 35 games? <laughs> 35 games. One point. Take an obnoxious guess. Are you, are you wait? Am I going obnoxious in the he High. scored a fuckload or obnoxious fuckload. in that he didn't score shit? Fuckload. Uh, like, I, okay, I I got it. I got the number, sixty nine points. So very nice guess. First of all, thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you. Thirty five games, Steve. He had two hundred and sixteen points. <laughs> what? He had one hundred and five goals and one hundred eleven assists for two hundred and sixteen points in thirty five games. And then he came over and he played three games for the Victoria Cougars in the WHO and he got eight points. So I kind of get why they threw a 12th-round pick at him because apparently wherever he went, he just racked up points. But, like, I always enjoy finding those those numbers when you look up uh, draft prospects. Like, 35 games, he almost put up seven points a game. That's what do you absurd. Think that, what do you think that team did? They're like, hey, we're playing Tony Hand tonight. Uh, we got to account for those six points. So if you guys can go out there and... <laughs> You guys can go out there and score seven goals. We got a chance, but uh, if not, you know, uh, injure that guy because we're we're not we're gonna lose. We may as well we may as well not even do this. Uh, 
But uh, Liam Kirk, yeah, he's had, he's had some pretty strong seasons himself. In a uh, U18 season over in England, 2015-16, uh, he had 60 goals and 38 assists for 98 points in 17 games, which that's also a ton. But, I mean, it doesn't compare to uh, 260 points in 35 games. And then I think he jumped up so much in the rankings because uh, a big factor for you know the development of a player is that they're level of competition and he's playing in the EIHL the elite ice hockey league which is the the top ice hockey league over in Great Britain which you know not really the sexiest draw being the the top league over there but he is you playing know, against it, it, when you're on the Murray the Murray field races <laughs> he is playing against Australian <laughs> oh you mess with the Murray field races hey there we go I just have to get into my my cockney peaky blinders voice and uh, Mary the one, the very voice that got me shushed in an Italian restaurant, of course. <laughs> Maryfield, Great Britain for beer. Uh, you, okay, well, I want to hear you say Rotherham in an English accent. Oh, I cannot one. do an English Please, accent. I want to hear your best one, Craig. I love nothing more than Craig accents. Rotherham. I <laughs> <laughs> made my day. That made my yeah. day. I'm, I'm. Uh, good night and good hockey. That was great. <laughs> Yeah, see that good. Okay, but he's so he's playing against grown men, and it's usually uh, guys that didn't really pan out in the NHL or AHL. So he is playing against former NHL and AHL talent too. He had 16 points in 52 games for the Sheffield Steelers this season. So not the like the greatest amount of points, but I guess he, you know, quality competition. And uh, they're projecting him to be a mid six round pick. But uh, I just. He jumped up a lot in the draft rankings, and he is intriguing because of the fact he he plays over in Great Britain, and he he's kind of like a gangly guy, but he does he is pretty good controlling the puck and maneuvering through people. So that is it's the first of uh, hopefully a continuous uh, segment here until the draft with the draft corner. Uh, also, look for I'm going to try and pump out articles each week talking about random guys in the draft and uh, focus on not maybe not the most amount of time on the high-end guys because i assume guys that are projected to be in the first or second round will get a lot of articles written about them but i'm gonna aim for guys that are supposed to go in the later rounds so uh, you can kind of get a feel for the majority of players in the draft so hopefully the flyers hopefully the flyers draft a couple and you already know a little bit about them so i'm excited to do like 115 players in the flyers draft exactly none of them that's exactly what's gonna happen par for the course yeah i can already feel it so yeah, that, I mean, that's uh, that's all I got for the draft corner, Stephen. Uh, Only a couple of news items this week. Uh, we talked yeah, about Mike Fisher briefly, I believe. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Ya- Yager says he'll play another season in the Czech Republic for yeah. Ritteri Kladno? Yeah, which is the Czech's one league, uh, league, which is the second tier league below the uh, Czech Tips Ward Extra League. And uh, pretty much he's going to be playing hockey against nobodies, which he'll... Should be good for him. He'll probably still rack up points because he's Yager, but he's definitely... Bless his soul. I mean, yeah, bless his soul. He, he lost a step this year, you could tell. You could tell. He's, uh, but so. he's, what, like 47 years old? Yeah, he, yeah, he's getting up there and he's still playing, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing was uh, Kyle Dubas was... I, I, I think this was kind of like a foregone conclusion, but he was named GM of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So it was it's either him. It sounded like it was either him or Mark Hunter is what it was going to come down to, and... If you have to choose between those two, and you consider the amount of time that you invested in, I guess, Kyle Dubas 
being with the team, you were going to kind of pick him. Because he got interest from the Avalanche last year, I think. And, you know, Mark Hunter's a really good scout and everything, but I mean, if you have to pick between the two, I think you're going with Kyle Dubas. You know, and I, I just got to play some some goodbye music to the Lou Lamorello era in Toronto. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Such a tragedy, you know. Such just so sad to see Lou go because we love Lou around these parts. You know, Flyers fandom, we just never want to see Lou embarrassed or ashamed <laughs> or sad about anything because he's just one of our favorite guys in the league. Um, I hope he never has another hockey job again and I never have to see his uh, truly evil demon head. Well, buddy, I got some bad news for you then. No! Yeah, the New York Islanders are not only apparently talking with Lou Lamorello, they could be going after Dean Lombardi too, which I think we talked about last week. But... Oh, not Dino. Not yeah. Dino. No, they could take Dean Lombardi. By all means, go ahead and take Dean Lombardi. <laughs> but... Uh, I guess end of the road isn't as appropriate now, given uh, he's probably going to be right back. You can play it, though. That's all right. It is a great jam. Uh, I feel like I'm at a middle school dance. But uh, <laughs> Dino, Dino and Lou is quite a combination. It also sounds like a 50s crooner pairing. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in some Italian restaurant. Dino and Lou. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Preferably one I'm getting shushed in. Man, you're still you're still salty about that. That was that was almost a year ago, wasn't it? Uh I think it was in August. Yeah, I mean that it's getting close. You know, Bunch I'm, of months. I'm nothing if not salty. That's enough time for you to be alright with somebody being rude to you in public. That's my <laughs> I feel like that's uh, <laughs> You've had a lot of good things happen to you in your life since then. I think you just gotta. I think I've gotten. One... Pr- I think I've actually gotten promoted twice at my job since then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and here you are, just hung up on some fucking loser in an Italian restaurant, telling you to be quiet. But you know, we've got Wayne Newton driving around in Vegas with the Stanley Cup shotgun. <laughs> and this, I, I love Vegas in the league just because we are getting some of the most bizarre visuals in NHL history as a result. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. That is true. I I feel like I don't care as much about Vegas winning it all in the first year as much as everybody else. I think I'm only saying that, too, because there are one of three options left besides the Cavs. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying the ride, anybody. but I'd much rather see Winnipeg win. That's a city that yeah, needs I, this I really about... bad. Like, it's winter 10 out of 12 months of the year there. They need this. And they lost their team, and it wasn't really because of fan support. They just, like, that's a... Briz said they didn't have any parks. Yeah, I mean, that's terrible, too. By the way, my NBCSN feed just cut out. So, NBCSN has kind of been sucking a lot lately when it comes to their feeds. Uh, I think it was, I think one game last week, they were just out for an entire period. So, I I don't know what's going on. Okay, so they're, you know, really just proving that contract uh, as a, a good investment on the NHL's part. Yeah, it's all right. N- nothing important is going on with these games anyway. They don't yeah. mean anything. So, like, uh, but yeah, no, I'm all about the Jets and the Lightning. And I thought, I mean, going into these series, I thought those two teams would win. And it's not really looking, uh, it's not really looking too hot right now. Uh, we'll see though. But I have a 
sinking feeling is going to be the Golden Knights and the Caps, and then Flurry's going to shit the bed against the Caps, and I'm going to. Well, the NHL is hoping for Golden Knights Caps. I, I can tell you, Bettman is staying awake at night hoping for that because Tampa Winnipeg does not sound like sexy to a national audience, but oh, no, Vegas no. Washington really has some zing behind it. I mean, it. yeah, I mean, Jets. I've, I mean, Jets Lightning would obviously be the better. I think from I guess... a hockey fan perspective, that's yeah, an but amazing matchup. Fan. Yeah, yeah. Casual fans can hear, and they still recognize Ovechkin. Every casual fan still knows Ovechkin, and yeah, yeah. Vegas first year, great story. Uh, Flurry's the name you'll recognize. You've got the storyline of, I guess, the old GM versus Ovechkin, uh, <laughs> but it's still and Nate Schmidt. You got Nate Schmidt, which they've been. I mean, they've lost their mind over Nate Schmidt last game, but Nate Schmidt, like they always do that with the former Vegas player that was taken by the team they're facing. So I think Nate Schmidt would be a big storyline in that series. It's the sexier matchup at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so out of these four teams, Steve, which one do you think the Flyers most closely like are like built similar to? I I think. Like, if you're looking for the Flyers to reach the conference final next year or the year after that, which team do you think would provide the least amount of, I guess, rebuilding or restructuring of the roster for the Flyers to emulate? I mean, in in some ways, I'd say they're probably closest to Washington as far as, like... I was thinking Washington or Jets. Yeah, I think the Jets, if the Flyers added some more firepower, they'd be closer to the Jets. Yeah, the Jets' I big the... thing is, like, they're loaded up with skilled guys who can shoot the damn puck. Yeah, the the thing with the Jets too is Shevel Dayoff just doesn't. For the longest time, he didn't make trades, and his he was all about drafting, and developing, and waiting for guys to come through. And now it's all paying off. And I mean, I they have more. They've had more firepower in the system than the Flyers have right now. I think even if you brought up, yeah, I, I think the Flyers have more defensive specialists. And, yeah, yeah, and like the Jets did add some guys in the blue, like the blue line too, and they also lucked into getting the second overall pick. Hell, you buck at one time was the biggest goaltending prospect in the league. You know, Fair I think right. there's just a lot of like random Paul Maurice isn't exactly the best coach out there. And they, uh, seen the win despite him. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. he got that going. <laughs> yeah. So there, I feel like there's a, the caps though. I can see how they kind of line up the caps. I think the caps probably the most amount of, like, I think I, style I of play, the flyers are probably closest to the caps, but if you're talking the makeup that you were just talking about, the Flyers are probably closest to the, the Jets in that gonna, respect. I was going to say the Caps probably have the most grinders in the playoffs right now, but I feel like the entire Vegas team could be considered like just like fast grinders that just kind of. Yeah, but the key is fast grinders. The the Flyers yeah. are uh, moderate to slow grinders. Yeah, they are. They feel like a team full of uh, Lars Eller and and uh, Jay Beagles, which I'm very excited for Jay Beagle to get a contract with the Flyers this season. So excited, so hype. And yeah, and then we no, all just killed We were talking about this in the BSH Slack either yesterday or the day before, but uh it's Stasny's contract, I think, is the scary one out there. Yeah, Stasny was a guy that we talked about like two months ago. Like we threw it out there, he threw him out there as like a three C, I think. And I'm still for bringing him here, but yeah, he's gonna get money now. And I think the thing with him is he's thirty two. Uh the term, I mean, especially in the fire situation, the term can't be more than like three years. I would, the most I would want to give him is three. I, I don't even know if I really go that far. Same. And somebody threw out five million a year, which is, 
I think he makes a little bit of money now. I think I think he makes like seven million now. I'll have to look that up real quick. Yeah, it, it, I just he makes like a, a more money than Paul Stastny should make. He deserves to get paid, but he doesn't. Like I don't. I think he's still gonna get like it. His pay is still gonna get like decreased for his next contract. But and it's uh. All apologies to our colleagues at Broad Street Hockey, but I know somebody pointed out like I don't really want our three C making more than our one and two C's. So it's yeah, that's a difficult yeah. pill to swallow. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that'd be kind of annoying. Oh, Paul Snapsley only makes three point five million this year. Oh, what the hell am I thinking of? Uh, You're thinking, oh, I'm thinking of uh, oh, JT, John Tavares. John Tavares. I'm thinking of uh, Ryan. I think I'm thinking of Ryan O'Reilly. I think you're thinking of Ryan O'Reilly, who recently yeah, cause, became cause uh, they're both uh, on the ads. Both a on the ads. Guy on the the trade block. Yeah, yeah, but that 2013-14 Avs team that actually had good players, and then they traded them away. So, um, as one does. Yeah. But, like, if he, I mean, two years, 3.5, okay. I mean, oh, if he's going to be day. a person, yeah. that's fine by me. But, like, so I forget who, I'm, I forget who, but, like, somebody was throwing out there five years, five million. and I would even do, I don't know, two or no, three years no. at five million just to have a shorter term. Uh, if, yeah. they don't, if they don't get Tavares to get a guy that'll play 3C and then you don't have to worry I'm... about having, like, a Philpula in there. Yeah, see, term is the big one for me. If you keep got a short short term, I honestly don't even care what the cap it is. Right. Same. Like if you said bring in Stasny for one year at like eight million, I'd be like, that's a little obnoxious, but it's one year. Who cares? <laughs> then he's just gone. But it, it's the I think like even five years, and it it costs nothing. I'd still be weird because it's five years. Like it's just it's it's when you stare at cap friendly and you see. One, two, three. Like if you can count above three, right. if you're, <laughs> you if you're the, filling uh, up all the fingers on the hand, you got a problem. Yeah, if you have the uh, the roving situation where you get like that's seven what I was gonna say. Names. I was gonna say the Red Wings. Yeah, a bad uh, like seven bad names locked up through twenty twenty two twenty three. Yeah, that's not what you want. That's yeah, so pretty amazing. much just brevity of contracts is what we're is what we're looking at here. So you can still, that, I mean, that's the that's part of the reason why you also draft and develop too because you can do, uh, kind of. I mean, the Lightning only have one example I can think of right now, but Jeff's got a ton of guys that can just come in and play really well, and then you can replace a Jonathan Drill with a Braden Point, and you just kind of keep on filling in those skill guys with the young guys and letting the guys that want the big paydays to kind of go or getting assets in return for it. So you turn Jonathan Drill into a spot for Braden Point, and you get Mikhail Sergachev in the, the same breath. So hopefully, if these defensive prospects pan out, maybe you trade one to allow a spot for Phil Myers and then you know, get a forward in the process. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd be the one. Robert he would be the one also that like GMs would fucking love because oh. he's got that blue collar, uh, shut him down approach, even though it's yeah, he, yeah. And he's a guy too. Like, honestly, I think he, I think he's the best example on the flyers of a guy that, performs well with the eye test like if you watch him he actually does doesn't make a ton of mistakes and actually plays well but just the advanced stats just don't like him <laughs> he no, just does no. yeah he's not uh he's apparently not the best at uh keeping the puck on his own end so yeah hag would be a good one uh i, I also i mean not now but i mean i feel like there was a one point you should have traded moran if you were going to trade him because he he doesn't have a trade value now but he still has that appeal of being a nice like a big ass guy that can shut teams down or shut uh, defenses down, or at least that's what people think. So you could have you could have gotten some for that. There's not you could you can't get anything for him now because he's too injury prone. 
And also, he's been developing for about 40 years. He's been developing for half a decade now, I think. He's officially a crockpot meal. Yeah, it's, uh, man. And I have a feeling the payoff's not going to be that great. So we'll, uh, keep an eye on it. Mark andre Fleur is also saving saving the, the Golden Knights bacon here. If you had to pick a con Smythe right now in this postseason, Steve. Oh, be flurry. Been? Be flurry easily. I think it has to be flurry. Uh, so flurry for the Knights, I think if you're going with the... Uh, man, if you're going with the Capitals, I think it'd still be Ovechkin, right? It'd be Ovechkin. Yeah, I think because Natsoff has the case... Uh, and hope he's had a pretty good. Hope he's had a pretty good postseason too. Hope he could be out there. Um, Lightning, Lightning. I want to say Kucherov. Uh, I'm not too sure though. Kucherov or Hedman, I guess. What and then, two? and then, who do you go with on the Jets? Oh boy, uh, I, I'm going to say Bufflin. Yeah, pretty, no, I'm going I'm to agree with that. Bufflin's the guy. Yeah, he's had a pretty good, pretty good postseason. Um, yeah, uh, he's just boats man, and hose. Boats and hose. <laughs> yeah, boats and lots of beers and fatty foods apparently for both too. But he B-U-I, somehow B-U-I. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the most Canadian thing you could probably get as a a B-U-I. A, yeah. yeah, or like an F, a fishing under the influence. I feel like that's another I, one. Ice fishing Canadian. under the influence. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it would be a very Canadian <laughs> thing to get. Yeah, I'm pretty sure though. Every time you get like you ice fish to the or you drink so much while you ice well number one that's just ice fishing but number two <laughs> uh it probably ends in death most of the time yeah probably yeah you know hypothermia uh, a little hypothermia coming at you i feel like actually speaking of ryan o'reilly because we just talked about him oh my god yeah we were apparently we're just talking about flair too much <laughs> um but speaking of ryan o'reilly he probably had the most canadian uh most canadian traffic violation he could get by Driving into a fucking Tim Hortons. I feel like you can't. You can't. Not, no, definitely yeah, you not. can't actually skirt the better way to get in legal trouble if you're Canadian. Be like if you if you crash into a Tim Hortons with a Zamboni, or if you crash into the Tim Hortons right next to where like the Grey Bowl was happening, or the Grey Cup. I mean, not the Grey Bowl. The Grey Bowl is not anything. Grey Cup is their football thing. <laughs> not thing. yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. You see that flurry goal yet? I did. Yeah, so that was a uh... just came through on my my iPad. <laughs> Sorry about that flurry. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. It's just funny the, no, no, the no, delay no. always. Sorry. The delay is yeah. a running gag at this point. Oh my god, that was pretty weak. But a flu- yeah. that was more fluky than weak, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna wait for you to see the next thing that happens too after this. But oh, exciting! Well. I'm going to start to take us out and then yeah, I ahead. will, uh, I will respond appropriately once I see it. But, uh, that's, that's about that this week, but we do thank you guys for listening. If you have any feedback, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at sports are bad. Yep. You can reach bad. me at the yeah. fly purpley account or Esteban. Did you have something to say on the sports are bad front? No, that, oh, that was, was uh, that was gross. Yeah. Um, oh, it was James Neal noted scumbag. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, uh, that, I mean, they are so pot- I think they're just potentially bad for me. I, I don't think people have as many vehement, uh, as much hate for, uh, as much hate for the Caps as I do. Uh, and again, it's still like a mixed bag for the Caps because I really do want to see a Vetch win, but I just don't, 
for any other team. Yeah, I just can't. Except for them or the Penguins or the Rangers or the Devils. Uh, For any team outside of the East. Yeah, we can go with that. Which, again, and I'll say it again. I've said it once. Say it plenty more times. Get a fetch out into the desert. Get him to the Coyotes. (laughs) That's all. Still time for him and Lundquist. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) That's all. We'll go out on that. Sports are bad. Ovi and the King in the desert. There you go. Uh, yeah, follow Sports Are Bad, Fly Purpley, uh, maybe Esteban, maybe not. Uh, follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and we'll be back at you most likely next week, uh, unless there's absolutely nothing to talk about, which is also a possibility. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll be back. We got stuff. That's, I'll do, I'll, I'll, that's the plan. Yeah, we'll, that's the plan. Yeah. We'll uh, definitely, we'll have, we'll have something to talk about. If you have a long form question, you can reach out to us at flyperbole at Gmail dot com and like broad street hockey on facebook i'm steve this is craig thank you for listening and until next time as always good night and good hockey hello everybody this is fly Purbly. it is a podcast about hockey mostly the flyers but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.